in swinger. Oh, oh and at the goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. You should be the host here. I'm really loving it, Jeff. We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Hello and welcome along. Uh, I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is uh, Neve Briggs after a... Probably not the best weekend, Neve, for you. We're not going to talk about sports because... uh, I don't think they were even playing. It was an international weekend. But um, disappointment for for the Ireland women's team against Wales. You were beaten 27-19 on Saturday. So much optimism and excitement... Uh, but the word we probably a lot has been used in, in in by various different people is patience, new era. Give it a little bit of time. That's probably not much consolation to you and and your team. You wanted to win. It was the first home game, and you wanted to get off to a start. Um, yeah. After looking back and processing it now, what does it feel like? Yeah, look, you're obviously disappointed that you didn't win, but I think for us, we can take a huge amount of positives from it. We played some. Super rugby, and especially in the first half, I think. Um, but more important than that, we probably learned a huge amount. I think we, we learned that we've got to try and um, go on to possession a bit more. Like our work rate was off the charts, minus three percent tackle rate. Like um, need Jones at twenty three on her own, like crazy stats. But on the back of that, the reason why we had such a big tackle rate or why we had to tackle so much is because we afforded Wales a huge amount of possession. So, um, but. Still a huge amount of positives, uh, two new caps and a lot of big game experience for, for a lot of girls who were capped previously with Ireland but probably wouldn't have played in front of a crowd. And like that crowd in the RDS the other day was unbelievable. So, um, look, we are disappointed with the result, but I don't think we're we're a million miles away from, from the Wales, time of Scotland, Italy tier of the Six Nations. And I just think that... You're right. We've got to be patient, and um, we've just got to keep <clears throat> improving. We've got to see developments and improvements in every single game. And I think if we do that at the end of the Six Nations, we'll be in so much, so much better place come this time next year. If that makes sense. And the positives that you have are, are, are we're there to see. I was at the game, um, and in fairness, the ambition was really good. If you were looking at it uh, from a coach's point of view and looking at the negatives. Um, the possession probably was one that stands out for me. Um, the penalty count and maybe a, a little bit at the end just being a bit shrewder in the game management because obviously I think you're playing a side that are very physical. Um, their impact off the bench was 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 pretty important for them and they were a heavier, bigger side as well. So for you looking at it, Loads of positives, and we 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 will give the credit where the credit's due. But if you're looking at the negatives, where do you need to get better? And you're talking about the learnings because you're it's 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 a harsh business as well, isn't it? And you want results, so where do you need to get better? Yeah, look, we definitely need to get better on that penalty count. Fourteen to five, obviously, isn't um, a good uh, number. Was that pressure, Neve, or was it? And look, I was probably an expert on this, giving away penalties. Is it? Just playing on the edge, is it making better decisions? Are some you know, you'll always have a few penalties that you're a little bit unlucky. Is it a mixture of all of them? 
Yeah, definitely. I also think we probably just got a bit naive in terms of trying to contest the breakdown when we knew ref wasn't hot on it. So we, you know, we probably shouldn't have put ourselves into that position. And I think um, when you're under a huge amount of pressure for long periods of the game, like lots of that goes out the window because you're just trying to get the the opposition down. And um, so yeah, look, I definitely think penalty count. We've got to be smarter than that. We've got to learn to figure out very quickly what the refs are, are blowing and what they're not blowing on. And um, that's one. And then obviously two, you know, game management, but you're looking at a very young nine and 10 there um, and a young 12 to, to be fair, I think. So, um, but the big thing is, is that you, you put it out there to them and they come back and they say, do you know what? This is how we should have exited it better. We should have backed ourselves here more. We should have looked to do this. And and they're coming up with the answers. So they know the information. It's just you've got to try and get them to do it in the cold face. And that's the real difficult thing. And you know that, like, when you're playing that intensity um, and you're trying, your brain's trying to work, you're trying to get your body to move, you're trying to organize things around you. It's definitely a shock to a few of them, I think. Um, and I just think that they'll be the better for it. Um, and exper- experience is something that that makes a difference when you're in those yeah. kind of situations. Um, talking about um, you know, when when you you're talking about the interpretation of referee, um, getting a good balance of when to counter up, when to in the tackle reload, when to go to breakdown, or else fill the defensive side. Um, I thought and I I thought the application and the aggression in the tackle was I was incredibly impressed. Yeah. You know, it was um, some massive tackles. Um, your back row, um, Dorothy Wall, Adele McMahon, and Brittany Hogan, just the tackles yeah. they were putting in. You know, Sam Monaghan as well and, and Nicola Friday. All, all of them. Um, yeah. They were incredible. Um, just the tackles yeah, they I were think... putting in and, and the effort and the intensity that they were bringing. Like, you could see that they really wanted it. But it is a case of, of if you were being critical and, and, you know, if you're standing in front of them and you are a coach, I'm not telling you what to do, but you want to get better and they need to learn these things and, and probably um, experience brings that because to be fair to them, Niamh, they are relatively inexperienced, not just at international level, but some of the girls probably even just playing rugby in the last number of years. Yeah, probably. I think, you know, definitely a, a good group of them don't play 15s week in, week out, but they have had a chunk of 15 since the the Christmas break, which has been brilliant for us. And we've seen a huge um, positive in terms of they when they came into the first camp, their ability to, to play rugby and to be able to go for long minutes was huge on the back of those six weeks of, 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 of matches, which was great. And so, yeah, look, I think the big thing is, is that it's, 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 it's not going to be as quick as people want simply because, you know, we don't have a, we haven't had a huge amount of time together. So you're thinking about three weekends of camps where you're delving into things that you can definitely control. So obviously your attack shape, your defense policy. And after that, you're trying to, you can't really overload them with a huge amount of information. So you're just kind of working on core skill breaks. And if you can get, continue to, to get better at those core skill breaks and add another layer to each of your attack and defense every week, and are these players working in college jobs? Yeah, but a chunk of them are, are working. Some, uh, obviously, some are in college and then some are contracts to the sevens. So um, there's a huge mix. And I tell you what, Quinny, I've been involved in Irish squad since 2009, 2010. And um, it's probably one of the most enjoyable groups to be around. Like, they're great crack and they're really bought into it. And what I love about it is that the young, younger girls. So when I went into camp, you're probably the same. You're going in and you're full of fear. You don't want to make a mistake and 
you're very quiet and you're, you know, you're sitting in the corner. They, these ones are not. They're literally living their best lives and it's brilliant. They have a huge amount of energy. And so I think if you can couple that culture with improving on-field developments, then, you know, we're going to be in a good place. It's just that it's not going to be a quick fix. Do you think if you had more time with them, because you, you, you're you chatting to in the last few weeks, you kind of had three weekends, three camps in the lead up to this. Now the players were playing games, which he did want. Um, yeah. Williams and you as coaches, you wanted them playing games. But you're not travelling to France until tomorrow, Wednesday, to play at the weekend. That's, it's, it's a tough ask as well to kind of guess. You're not meeting up till tomorrow to train and, and, and get together again. That's difficult. When you're playing against a team who are full-time, and like what you experienced against Wales at the weekend, 12 full-time players, 12 part-time contracts, it's a bit yeah. of an uneven playing field. France, France are kind of similar to us, though. They don't have a huge amount of full-time players. Um, it's But they, they have full-time club players, so their club are the ones that um, pay them as opposed to the, the union. Um, and they're but, still full-time, whatever, whoever Well, as in, them. some of them are, well, yeah, but as in, like, it's not that they're, like, Linda's playing over there with Claremont, and I've had a really good chat with her about it. And Yeah, look, I think... <clears throat> Clearly, look, we're not professional yet. I think that's definitely going to come down the road. But we've got to be able to maximise the time. And, you know, I see the, the Limerick girls here the last couple of days. We arrived home on Sunday. They're literally in the recovery mode. They conditioned last night. They went to the pool. So they're professional and everybody else. Just the fact that they're, they, they're, they're not in name. And um, for us as a group, we've decided it's, it's not really an excuse for us to talk about other play, other countries and, and what they're doing. We've just got to concentrate on ourselves. And, um, so we went to camp tomorrow morning, 100% great. And then we'll train a couple of times, like in terms of like do development and install. And Thursday morning we'll train again and we'll fly to Toulouse on Thursday afternoon. Captain's run Friday and play Saturday. Look, it's it's fast and it's furious, but um, it's good. It's you a know? lot to pack into a few days. And look, I think your policy of of not focusing on on the other countries that, that have different situations is a good one. It's probably for people outside to talk about that. I think it's a little bit on uneven playing field, but... Um, what happened at the weekend? I think there was a lot of a lot of positives, and particularly, I was genuinely, and I mean this, I'm not just saying it. I was um, really, really couldn't believe the the the, the skill set and the attack, um, and the improvement in the attack. There was mistakes, and there is nothing, you know. The power probably did well. She struggled with that a little, and that's something you're just going to have to maneuver and work around and try and get better at. Um, a few lost lineouts, um, but so many positives, and I just thought the effort out of the, out of the, the players was was fantastic. And just we're just going to finish up because obviously we got to move on to uh, Monster Benetton and Monster Leinster this week. But the try from from Linda, the offload, my God! If if the the men's team did that, it would be down for try of the season. Um, it was phenomenal. I think there was a, an offload from Adele McMahon first. Um, in the build-up to it, and then Sam Monahan's offload to to Linda Dujang. Am I saying her name right? Giving her Dujang, yeah, Dujang, Dujang. Yeah. She was. It was just a phenomenal try. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it is, and, and and irrelevant of whether it's men or women's rugby. I'm pretty sure that would be up there for one of the tries of the season. Um, sure. I thought, I thought we we held it for about nine phases. We went from edge to edge, and then yeah, look, Sam Monahan, like her abilities. Like, I just think that, I don't even think we've seen the best of her yet, which is really scary because, she, you know, she's just a brilliant, brilliant player. And I, 
you could see it through too as well on another edge where she just literally sunny build it over uh, the Welsh winger's head into Linda's hands and it gives us another attacking platform but they're all capable of that and Greg's really big into that and their ability to be able to we want to be you know over a period of time to be that best passing team in the world but also have the ability to play what's in front of us and like that try epitomised it Okay well look you have a big task ahead of you at the weekend and uh Disappointment, but you've got to move forward. It, uh, games come ticking fast. You play France this weekend, then you have a weekend off, and it's no, Italy. straight, in, no, straight into Italy. It's straight into Italy at home. Yeah. Okay, bit more pressure, you know, when you lose a home game. But um, look, hopefully, uh, as I said, you can get some results for the rest of the tournament. Um, okay, we're going to move on to to um, to the Monster Benetton game and just look back at the weekend. Munster won that game uh, 50 what was the score well, I have to get it up here now 51-22 was it? Yeah um, on Friday night um, strange game We ha- I put out a t- uh, um, message yesterday just what do people what do people Munster fans think of the performance uh, not many Kind of focusing too much on the performance, really kind of looking forward to to what's what's on di- this week, which is it's a different that's, week. You probably indi- hear that word. That's, that's indicative week. of what's coming this week. I'd say d- d- different week, different week. That's what, all I've heard. What's a build up? What's a, what's a, what's a Leinster build up? We'll talk like? about that in a minute. We'll do the tweets first, okay? Sorry. And then we we'll, we'll talk about Bennett, and we're going to look ahead to the Leinster game and see uh, how how we dissect that and see if. Had Monster a chance to beat him. Uh, Mick O'Brien responded, they did okay, Quinny. Nice to see the young young guys playing. They need a big 80 minutes full on next Saturday as Leinster, the best side in the competition. So that was um, the first response. And then this was from Keane McGibney. Um, I think they can win this one, Alan. It will be an interesting team selection from both sides given Europe is on the following week. I think if Munster are to stay in the hunt for the home quarter final, they need to beat Leinster this weekend. Well, we'll talk about the table in a minute. Um, Michael De Burka, Michael Tiny De Burka, uh, bonus point win, but not very convincing. This was on the Benetton performance. I can see our pack. I can see our pack standing up to theirs, which is Leinster. Our scrum has been under pressure for the last two games and I can't see it improving. Mm, that's a bit of a kind of a critical one there, but the Glenster have been superb and it's it's going to be a huge challenge for them. Jared Wallace, um, this has this to was be a my match. this was my favorite tweet. Okay, this has to be a match where we send the players out to try and win rather than try not to lose, which has been a feature of matches versus Leinster under Johan van Graan. Ambition, precision. And intensity. So, why is that your favourite? Because I, I, I feel you agree like, with it. Yeah, a I little feel bit. Like the start, yeah, hundred percent. I felt like in the last couple of games, bar the Rainbow Cup last year, we against Leinster, we've not had that real ambition to go and have have a crack at it. Um, I felt like we were happy enough to kick it back to them and allow them to to probably play that kind of territory pressure type game, whereas. The rugby that's popping up, albeit not consistently for 80 minutes, but in patches, since probably, since really that Connacht game for me after Christmas, 
has been really good in terms of that ability to run square, the offload, the ability to have um, people attacking together in numbers. And I'd love to see them. And if they go and they do that and they lose, I'd be like, that's, you know what I mean? I'd take that. But I, I really just don't want them to see, go, you know, to watch them see, kick the letter off the ball and chase down Leinster bodies. I, I just don't think that's Munster's DNA. I think it has happened a few times, certainly in the last couple of years, um, particularly if you go back to um, uh, probably the the first games after the initial COVID break mm. in, and that were on in the Aviva. I think um, Leinster beat Munster 27-25. And I remember Munster, you know, Leinster are a very, very, very good side and they're, they're going to score and yeah. they're going to put you under massive pressure. You need a lot of things to go right. But I think in that game, Munster were very ambitious and missed the conversion, I think, to level the game. A um, couple of weeks later, they played the league semi-final. Leinster beat Munster 13-3. And I thought I did think that happened in the game where there was a lot of trying to contain Leinster and, and probably kicked a little bit much. It's very, very difficult. And there is an argument to say that if you play too much against Leinster, particularly deep in your own half, that you're going to be under massive pressure. Quinny, I'm not saying about playing in your own half. No, no, I know. I'm just, just saying that they've, once they get to that halfway line, and even you'll often look at Le- Leinster when Johnny Sexton's playing, the best place to attack is probably around that 22, your own 22 to 10 metre line, because the back three have literally all moved back to the back pitch, especially with the 50-22 rule because they're they're expecting kicks, which means that space in the front line, you're asking maybe 12, 12 players cover a huge amount of space. You just love to go and see them have a crack at up. Yeah, well, we'll we, we, we dissect that more in a minute. Um, ask Tiernan Mull, uh, he says, need to put in, a, uh, need to put the performances up a few gears from what we've seen mostly this season to have a chance. Hope we take the game to them rather than and damage control game plan we seem to play against them in recent times. So that's another similar similar message there. Um, it is probably, um, yeah, it's something that we'll talk about a little bit more, but it's probably a feeling that's out there. Um, Ian Moore, uh, a lot depends on both selections. With two full-strength teams and the Thomas Park crowd, it might be a one-score game with 10 minutes to go, then who knows, but otherwise Leinster, strong favourites. So I think um, Paul Maher is another one, yes, but they will need to play at their absolute best and snuffle Leinster out as quickly as possible. So there's a kind of a common theme there. Yeah. Nobody really wants to talk about what happened on Friday night against Benetton. It's all looking ahead to Leinster. But let's go back and, and, and have a chat. Um, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't their best performance, particularly in that first half. I think um, it was scrappy. Um, a lot of mistakes, no real kind of cutting edge, really. Um, I think Matt Gallagher got a very good try, in fairness, with a little inside pass. And Craig Casey's try came from a box kick that kind of bounced everywhere. John Hodnett catches it, gives it to Zebo. He passes inside to Craig Casey. Um, and that's their second try. Benetton scored just before halftime, 17-10 at halftime. Probably not the mo- most cohesive, sparkling half of rugby from Munster, particularly in, at home and in Cork. Um, I know the Cork people are pretty excited. They haven't had a Munster game there for a while. And, and um, when I played with Munster, we, we loved going to, to, to Musgrave Park and playing matches there as well on Friday nights. But 
it wasn't the best performance. What what did you make of it, Neve? Yeah, but I also think you got to look at they came off a plane on Sunday morning from two weeks tough weeks in South Africa, so they Correct. obviously couldn't really train probably properly until maybe the Wednesday with a whole group, and then you're only looking at maybe trying to nail down detail, um, because the game is Friday. So I think there was always going to be that little bit of inaccuracy. I think that there was going to be that little bit of lack of cohesion. I think and and we um, should say Jean Klein pulled out before the game as well. Yeah. So Gavin Coombs goes into the second round. That kind of seemed to disrupt the the kind of balance to that forward pack. Yeah, the scrum but I, was scrum was creaking a little bit as well, and I think they found their mojo, and I think that's 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 the most important thing. I think it was always going to take time for them to to get back up to the pitch of of that game. If that makes any sense. I think it was going to be hard to talk. You're talking about new combinations again, obviously, because the lads, you know, you're talking about minutes and and flight time from South Africa. Michaelia picked up a knock, and you're just thinking, you know. We've just got to try and get through this game injury free, as opposed to to to, to really looking at the performance. And um, I have to say, like I love watching the Irish twenties games, and it was great part. Love watching like, the core people just come out, don't they, hugely and um, and support because there was another brilliant crowd there again the other night, and they got treated to some some really good second half tries, I think. And um, so yeah, look, I think I think it was scrappy. Of course, it was, but. It was, I think it was a good a good win, and you couldn't really ask for much more. It was six, six tries in total, so they scored four tries in the second half. You, you, I, I'm just being being the devil's advocate here, presenting some of the negative things. It the negative, not the best performance, could be a good thing going into Leinster because you don't want your, a really brilliant performance. Sometimes you can fall into a trap that things are not are, are perfect and then come unstuck. So to win fifty one. 22 at home, score six tries, get a bonus point when it, it didn't come to the 65th minute against a very competitive side who still were missing some of their internationals for sure, but still they're, they're abrasive, they're tough. Um, and, you know, I suppose there is lots of positives there. I think if I look at some of the stats, 31 kicks from hand leave against uh, Benetton at home. It's a high number, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but it's that indicative of the fact that, you know, Benetton had a lot of possession in the Munster half. Munster man- I, I felt like that Munster were still always in control of that game. That makes they any were, sense? Yeah. And look, what you said about the, the trip to South Africa, absolutely loads of mitigating factors there. Um, number of players, you know, would have probably played the three games, played the two in South Africa, started and, and then started again on mm. Friday night with that short turnaround and the travel and all that kind of stuff. So, of course, there's loads of mitigation. But I think if you kick the ball 31 times against Leinster, unless you get some early scores and you're you're managing the game, you know, the weather mightn't be the best on Saturday night. But I just think it's it's, it's a lot of kicks, um, 15 turnovers conceded. So there was mistakes and, and some things went wrong there. Um, I think the the two the the Callum Braley try at the end again self yeah. defence because Gibson Park or or uh, Luke McGrath whoever plays for Leinster would certainly test them around. Yeah, I think fringes. that was that was definitely a case of game's over. We're all switched off and we're winning by a huge amount of points. I think that's a 25-27 scoreline against Leinster. That's not going in, you know, kind of way. So. Um, it's human nature. You're at, you're after scoring a try. You're just eighty minutes almost on the clock. 
you're they're kicking off to you and you're just like, well, oh, just get me through this next phase and then we can get off the pitch. Yeah, just uh, standout players. Unfortunately, Simon Zebo picked up a heavy knock. Um, yeah, that was looked nasty. That. He and fell the, back and he's, the Benetton player as well. He uh, he, he he picked up a heavy knock, and uh, he's we're not sure if he'll be involved this week. Um, obviously, goes through the HIA protocols. John Klein pulled out before the game with a leg strain. I think he was getting a scan on that, which is a concern. I think because you could certainly do with his physicality and physical presence against Leinster. I'll tell you um, what, though, when he. If he can't make it, I think Jason Jenkins is an ample physical uh, replacement. That guy is absolutely huge. Um, but yeah, he literally got caught carrying real high. I don't know if you remember this. And he gets the ball gets ripped out. And then the next break, he literally just puts like his hand in, just so big, just like, takes the ball out. Just It's like as if it's like a, a baby in his hand. It looks so small compared to... He's just huge. And I think, look, I know Munster fans are really disappointed that he didn't, you know get to play the season until last weekend, I think, and I've no doubt, he's incredibly disappointed. And obviously he's going to Leinster. But he could be a really integral part. And I heard I heard somebody say or saw it somewhere online that Munster shouldn't pick him now that he's leaving Leinster. Oh, no. He's only played two games. Look, he hasn't chosen to be injured. I think he's been yeah. he's been very unlucky. Um and from a business point of view, it's a poor return on on, on investing in a player, but you can't legislate for injuries no. and I know as much as, as, as anyone, you can just get some unfortunate yeah. runs with injuries. But I certainly thought when he came on at the weekend, his physical presence, even his scrummaging, um, and he may may play a really important role um, against his future team on Saturday night and possibly in the running um, against, you know, Munster of an incredibly, as of all the problems, it's a really, 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 really busy run. Um, would you pick him on Saturday night? Uh, I, I do think that if um, Klein isn't available, I would. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think uh, Fenin is his work rate is off charts. He's having a really, really good season. And I think that because Gavin Coombs is so explosive on the ball, like he was last weekend, obviously. And um, we kind of tend not to talk too much about Fenin. And I think he's having an unbelievable season for him. You know, his minutes on the pitch have been incredible. So I think you, he has to play. And then obviously if Kynes fit, then you could look at him and having an impact of Jenkins off the bench or, you know, Tyke Byrne is back too. Um, but yeah, look, I just think that um, I'm for sheer size going to have to have him involved in a match day squad. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think if um might be some consolation if uh, he can he can um I think he's the biggest he man I've ever it. seen. I actually think he's the biggest bigger, man. Big, bigger than RG Snyman. Well it's just that his shoulders seem to be way broader. I yeah. I, I saw him down UL training a couple weeks ago and I remember just Looking, looking up at him and I was like it'll be hard to watch him in a Leinster jersey next year probably flying around the place having a brilliant I know, season I know and I think, year, he's, I think he's a diamond I think he's a diamond a rough diamond I think he actually could be class yeah and look as I said people get unlucky with injuries nothing you can do and um, it's it's you know we want to see Thomas Ahern come through and, and Finney Witchery and these guys get more game time and hopefully RG Snyman will be back for Munster and he can be doing the business for Munster next year but uh, just on the table so it was uh, Ulster obviously lost in South Africa which kind of opens the door a tiny little bit for Munster and Glasgow and Edinburgh who are behind 
to possibly get into that top two. Leinster were obviously very impressive in their win against Connacht in Galway. So Leinster on 55, Ulster on 50, Munster on 47, Glasgow on 45, Edinburgh on 43. I think it's those five that are challenging for the top two. Look, it's fair to say that um, it'll be highly likely that Leinster will finish in the, in, in, in the top, uh, at the top. Um, Quinny, uh, Quinny, that, whatever about this again, that fixture in Raven Hill on the April 22nd in Kingspan, sorry, away to Ulster could be really important for Munster. It is, yeah, it is, absolutely. Look, Leinster, Leinster have got to go to Tomlin Park, then they've got to go play Europe, two back-to-back, then go to South Africa. So they have a difficult, very difficult run as well. But the probability is, look, because of their squad depth, that they'll manoeuvre their way through this, even if they lose a game or two, they'll still probably have enough to finish top. They're five-point cushion there. But I think Ulster losing at the weekend kind of opened the door to the possibility of the chasing three behind, which are Munster, Glasgow and Edinburgh, getting into the top two. And the significance of being in the top two means you've got a home quarterfinal, you win that, you have a home semifinal, which is really significant. It also brings in um, the revenue for that as well. So it's really important and massively um, beneficial to whatever club. I think if if Ulster don't make the top two uh, by a point or two, it, it just say that happens. I think what happened them in the, at the weekend in, in South Africa will uh, will will be a huge disappointment. Callum Reid was scoring a try with yeah. a minute and a half to go. Uh, big debate. It's not our, our place to be talking about it, but I thought the refereeing and the TMO uh, conversation was shocking, and it should have been a try, and it shouldn't be happening. But in they the came out yesterday, didn't they? And yeah, and but like it needs to be right. tidied is, up, you know. Which is no consolation. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 it needs to be better, and yeah. um, it's no consolation. But it has opened the door up for 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 the three behind. So that table is really important. So um, we'll just finally last bit of this segment. We'll move on to um, you know what's. What should be a humdinger in store on, on, on Saturday night? My earphones are after falling out there. Um, what should be a humdinger on Saturday night? So I want to put this to you, and I don't want to be negative about this, but I want to deal in reality. That wouldn't it's, be like you at all. Go on. No, I want Munster to win, of course, and I want them to, to, to win, and I've always wanted them to win. And I know I keep saying that. I keep trying to justify my existence uh, working in the media. I want Munster to do well, but we have to deal in reality and probably deal with the frustration sometimes as well. The last time Munster beat Leinster um, in the league was at home in on the 29th of December 2018, which is four and a half years ago. They beat uh, Leinster 26-17. Then Leinster won the next one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. Now, there's two league semifinals and a league final there. Um, the league final last year was the most consecutive losses for Munster in the history of this fixture. Obviously, from Leinster, the most consecutive wins. Leinster did go on then, or Munster did go on and beat Leinster in the Rainbow Cup. The reality is it was a completely changed Leinster team. Um, they had they had a Champions Cup the week after and they put out... Um, a very strong second string team and Munster played well that day and beat them. Okay, I'm not taking that away from them, but Leinster have had the, had the dominant, 
domino effect in this fixture for, for a number of years now. And we keep saying it every time. Is this the one that Munster can turn it around? How much they need to turn it around and get a result? And actually, you know, I'd love to see a full Leinster team because I think the mix and match of Leinster, um, I'd love to see a full Leinster team and a full Munster team on Saturday night in Tolman Park. I think it'd be great for the fans. It'd be great for this fixture. And can Munster do it? What do they have to do to win this game? What, what do they need to get right on Saturday night? You're the coach. You're the one who picks out the things that uh, we look for teams that we should look out for. That, um, yeah, look, I think I think we will see two fairly full-on teams at squads anyway. I think I think both of them will, will definitely have an eye on the following week and they need to get minutes into those players, especially the international players returning. So, um, yeah, look, a lot has to go right for Munster to win and that's no disrespect to Munster. I just think that Leinster operate on a different level um, I thought they were okay I know that Connor threw around 14 players last weekend for a majority of the game but just thought they, some of the rugby they played last weekend was just exceptional um, and I think the big thing for them is that um, their selections in terms of like the players that they don't select will just be just as good as the internationals that are on the pitch more than likely whereas at Munster I just think they're lacking that, that next little layer of depth and I think that that's kind of probably where not not in every position, but in some positions, I think so. I think that that's kind of been where where, where Munster's probably uh, development needs to improve. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, I think if Munster get to the pitch of this game mentally and have the courage to go and play, then they can trouble Leinster. And, and of course they can win, but it'll be, you know, I'm not... I'm not so unrealistic to think that, look, it's going to be incredibly difficult. I just do think that, um, you know, you bring them down into a cauldron like Tom Park on a Saturday evening and, and and make it on as comfortable for them as possible. If you don't get the results, you're just putting yourself in good stead for the following week in terms of the intensity of the game. So, um, yeah, look, I just think it'll be interesting to see the selections. I think a lot will depend on that. Big things for Munster, for me, will be... Tidehead, who starts there, I think, second row. Um, that back row combinations, to be fair, I think, look, and I know Manny and Byrne and these ads are coming back, but I've loved the balance of... Would you be tempted to put Ty Byrne in the back row if he's available? Now, he has a lower limb strain, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah but Ty Byrne, be... O'Mahony and Gavin Coombs and Clay, oh, Sean Klein. That's... And ridiculous. Jason Jenkins in the in the second. I think round. that's ridiculously harsh on the likes of uh, Jack O'Donoghue. Jack O'Donoghue, exceptional John since Hodnett. Christmas. John Hodnett. and I really like the back that balance of that back row. Jack O'Donoghue, Hodnett, and Coombs or Candelan. Like it, it, I, it, it's tough. And then you look at the nine, like Casey Murray, uh, who goes in there. Does Does Carby come in kind of cold, having played not a huge amount of rugby? Whereas Ben Healy's playing very very well. I think. Uh, I think centres pick themselves and, and that back three so yeah look I just think yeah I think Keith Earls is, is unlikely to be available I think he's back training this week and Andrew Conway unlikely to be available as well I was just looking at the, the kind of report from yesterday what was released by Munster Rugby who was training who was not Mike Haley possibly out as well so I think Munster are a bit under a bit of pressure in that, that kind yeah. of back three uh, Tyburn, Carberry, Andrew Conway. They were all released back. Peter Amani, Connor Murray back with the back to the squad. Keith Earls has a tie injury. Thomas Ahern is still a tie in injury. 
Roman Salano back, they back training this week so they may be may have a chance Andrew Condor has been rehabilitating his leg um, I think the biggest issue for them is up front I think they can fill in the back three players but I think I think John Klein is important to him um, you need for to me John Klein and, um, and Mike Haley will be two of the mainstays that if they're not there you'd worry um, and not because of the lack of talent but because they give you such security in both those positions um, but and then Simon Zebo as well under a high ball if he had to play full back um, if Mike Haley is out would you be putting Zebo or Matt Gallagher in full back who knows I think there's um, you know it is an incredibly difficult couple of weeks but I think there's um, I, we keep saying it and every time it happens it's a need for Munster to win this game I think if they can turn that corner in their development, um, because look, you know, it keeps, you know, Leinster are a very, very strong squad, very strong side. Um, they won't want to go down to Tolman Park and lose because they've um, incredibly high standard and they've, they've shown that they can go there and win in the last couple of years and they've been pretty consistent in doing that. I think the Munster fans are craving for, 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 a, for a Munster win. And I think the importance of this win, you know, we always say it's just league points. People outside say it's just the league points. Or maybe the coaches say that, but there's more to this game, Neve. This Munster-Lencer is different. I always feel like you speak about this game like it's almost like a European Cup game, irrelevant if it's not in terms of the, it's, the intensity. It's nearly, of it. it's nearly bigger um, at times because... Um, Back when I played, and I know things have changed and it's a lot of Team Ireland now, um, not all the fans on both sides would agree with that. They'd love the bit more bitterness involved in it. But look, it's probably better, um, and it is the idea for, for provincial rugby is to try and make sure they do well with Ireland. But t- things ramp up this week at training because it's like... They do, yeah. Today. It's a different week. It's a different week, and nobody wants to lose this game. And it's probably one of the biggest derby games in world rugby. Um, and that's that's... Sounds like a big statement, but it's not. Um, I think Munster Leinster is the biggest interpro. Um, it's you know you you've seen the crowds that have been in the RDS in Thomond Park in in Crow Park in the Aviva over the years. People want to go to this fixture. There's an excitement about it. There's a different sort of intensity. Robin McBride, well, um, forwards coach, the scrum coach for for Leinster, speaking yesterday in the media about the intensity. Of this has to go up a, no, a number of notches. I think it's difficult on the players and I've I've covered this fixture so many times over the years and usually you have a group of players coming back from international duty or, you know, and we expect them to be hit the ground running. They're not always the best games but there's always a bite and an aggression and an intensity because players don't want to lose it and that hasn't changed from when I was playing to now. Um, I just don't think they hate each other. Maybe or there's not there's as much kind of niggle niggle um, consistently. Um, the rivalry is massive, you know, and it's good. It's good for it. It's part of sport, uh, but it is a different week. There's a nervous energy, Neve, and 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 both players will feel that. And and you know, you win this week, um, it propels you nicely into Europe. And you can build momentum going forward with that. So Leinster can pick a completely different team this week from what they had in Connacht. You know, I was going through right now the team. It's it's phenomenal. Probably They probably will have 12, 13 different players from the team that played against... against um, and, and, all inter- and all internationals. All internationals. Munster, probably six or seven coming back into the, into the team. So maybe less disruption for them, but 
Um, still very, very strong players. You know, you think you could have a backline of Gibson Park, Sexton, Henshaw, Ringrose, Low, Keenan. It's effectively the Irish backline. Jordan Larmour is out injured. Um, Jimmy O'Brien will probably play in the wing. But then the back row, Doris, Conan, Van der Fleer. Phenomenal, you know, and um, that sometimes is the little bit of a difference. But Munster have got to, you know, find um, a game plan that challenges Leinster, as we said, and we've spoken about that. I think people want to see that. And if they do that, then uh, maybe get a bit of luck. They possibly yeah. can do it, but it's a tall order and it's a tough one for from this week. Um so good luck to, to you. You're in uh, you're in France. You won't be there. I'll I'll be there on Saturday night. We've no other gossip or news. We're still waiting on the the head coach announcements. Uh, my spies are telling me Thursday or Friday, possibly. Oh wow! Unless you were here and that different down in Limerick, are you? No, I'm not. I'm spending as much time in Dublin at the moment as you are. <laughs> so. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back next week anyway. We'll be. Uh, go through that Munster Leinster game and and obviously your game as well. So that's it for episode twenty five, the Red Seven Eight Seventy Eight. To make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week, just search the Red Seventy Eight and press subscribe. And don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts. You can either tweet Neve or myself directly, or uh, tweet at, at Rugby Channel Fifteen, or search to um, YouTube, and you can leave a comment there as well if you want. So. As ever, thanks, Neve. Um, you're off to do some more media now to talk about your game at the weekend. I got an exclusive there that I got to you before any other media did. <laughs> well, good luck for the thanks, weekend. Thanks, Queenie. I know it's, uh, it's um, uh, on both fronts, it's uh, tough challenges. Munster yeah. versus Leinster and Ireland versus France in Toulouse. So good luck and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a million. The Munster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Adam Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.